passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos with our co-host, Corey Wooten. But first, today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. And look, BetOnline, they'd like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march into the NFL playoffs and beyond. And that's why BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and oh yeah, there's a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Football, basketball, hockey, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino. Games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming into the pod. We are so excited. We have a wonderful, wonderful guest that I'm so excited to talk to. But first, let's bring in my co host. He's former Bears defensive end, Fox 32 Chicago's, and fresh off a beautiful golfing trip in Fort <laughs> Lauderdale, Florida himself. It's Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? I'm really cold right now. You know, when I when I got off the plane, it was it was a uh, cold 10 degrees, and I'm I'm used to the 75 from the weekend on the golf course. You know, having a couple of drinks, enjoying myself. So back to reality now. You know, <laughs> I got to put all these shirts away now. They were good to me. Now I'll see you in a couple of months. Exactly. Uh, let's bring in our guest. Um, I, I like a lot of you probably listening to this pod right now. You have watched her on TV. Ever since you probably had your little Jordan jersey on in the early 90s. Uh, she is a Chicago sports reporter legend. She has more Emmys than Tom Brady has Super Bowls, and she's here to talk to us today. It is Peggy Kaczynski. Hello, Peggy. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing, doing, doing great. good. Yeah, I'm so, with, hey, listen, with that intro, I need to like look close and see if any of those grays are showing, you know, <laughs> no. considering how long I've been doing TV in Chicago. Uh, although I am recently retired from at least the tv side of things i'm still active social media well and you're still doing so much exciting stuff which we'll talk to you about you just a little bit later in the pod you're doing a new podcast called her sportscaster and her son with your son jason canander got a chance to check it out some amazing guests we do definitely want to talk about that we're gonna talk about a little bears but first real quick peggy you know if we can just ask you a little bit about your career really fast just really interested to see like, hear you like you know if the internet serves me correct and if i remember correctly you know you are widely known throughout chicago as the first female sports radio host uh, hosting sports huddle on wmaq am back in the 90s can you just sort of take us back to that time when you look back what were some of the emotions and what were some of the memories that you have most about that time because for many people you are a pioneer in chicago sports journalism yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, it, it's funny because I never looked at myself as a pioneer. You know, I was just trying to do a job and trying to get a job. 
Um, I'm, uh, I have seven brothers. I'm a jock. I, I played basketball on the Northwest side of Chicago, um, played basketball, volleyball, 16 inch softball. You can see it in my broken fingers. Uh, right. <laughs> I got one too. Yeah. yeah. See? It's like everywhere. Um, come back. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just a jock growing up. Um, but at five, five and a half, um, I wasn't going to be going very far with my basketball career. Um, so w- when I was in uh, college down in Carbondale, Illinois, Southern Illinois University, you know, I, I thought I would go into speech communication. I actually thought my backup, I would coach because I do love coaching and I, I coached my son's in basketball at one point. Um, So I really thought that I would coach because, you know, back in the 80s, that's kind of what a lot of the women I knew that went to college did. Everyone just became a PE teacher and they coached. And, you know, so I didn't really have a lot of female role models telling me, oh, you could go do this or that. So when I went to college, I Um, My famous story was I walked in on my brother's apartment and all the guys are laying around and they don't even turn around when I walked in the door and they're all glued to the TV. And this is 1981. And I looked over at them and I said, well, what are you guys watching? They're not talking to me. And, you know, so finally I nudge one of the guys. I go, what are you guys watching? And they said, oh, it's this new cable channel called ESPN. (laughs) <laughs> and it's, it's all sports all the time and I I looked hmm. at them and I looked in the tv and there was a woman by the name of Gail Gardner and she was anchoring sports center a lot of people don't remember Gail but Gail was anchoring sports center and my jaw dropped and that was like my Oprah aha moment that's when I said oh my gosh I didn't know women did that I'm gonna do this now Let's flip this. You called me, you know, one of the trailblazers in Chicago. When I was in college in the early 80s was the same time that Jeannie Morris was working in television in Chicago. Right. So I didn't I didn't see her. I was away at college. She was married to Johnny Morris, but she was the 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 true journalist in the family. And she became first she was his producer and then she started doing her own reporting. Then she started covering Johnny Morris, for those of you who don't remember, um, hate to say this, Corey, he may still hold all the receiving records for the Chicago Bears. (laughs) (laughs) He might, right? Yeah, I think he might. Um, He played for the Bears back in the 60s and the 70s. And um, Jeannie was married to Johnny and, and she started covering the Bears and she was a bulldog, just really, really. But I never saw her. I was busy at college. I come home from college, the bears are in the Super Bowl, and that's like (laughs) everything, you know, and so I started my television journey. So when I came full circle and made it back to Chicago, uh, I was hired by WMAQ radio, which doesn't exist anymore. And I was going to be part of a triumvirate of um, hosts for this talk show. And um it was really exciting for me. It was great. I knew that I knew that I had a lot to learn. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes, a lot, um, and that's really hard to do in a big city to make those mistakes in front of so many people. Um, but what I remember the most is getting fired, and th- you know who hates the story? The sports director at the time was Jeff Joniak. And he's the voice of the Chicago Bears. He hates when I tell this story because it broke his heart. He said, 
he told me that the, he was told to let me go, right? Um, I was too aggressive. I um, was um, very much of a take charge person. And I think they wanted me to really kind of be more of the, um, I guess the co-host that sits and laughs and giggles and kind of, you know, does that. And so, uh, you know, I remember very specifically one of the things they said to me was every time we welcome in a guest, you always have to chime in at the end and say hello, as if you get your last word in so that they say hello to you. And I thought, what? That is not why I'm saying hello. <laughs> I'm just saying hello. But that's yeah. the way they saw it. And Jeff said to me, he told me, he said that I was very aggressive and that he did feel intimidated at times by me. But it wasn't his choice, just to you know, make the record clear. It wasn't Jeff's choice to let me go. Um, it was his boss's. And so that was really hard for me. But um, I stuck around and I had gotten married um, on a Bears bye week. That's how I actually scheduled my wedding. My, <laughs> my poor husband, right? My poor husband. <laughs> Around the season, you know, you didn't uh, want to be on the sure. phone checking out stuff, checking the score. <laughs> Corey, I was 34 years old. I wasn't letting this one go. So yep. <laughs> I like, hey, I can do this, but we got to do it October 18th because that's the Bears yeah. buy. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't miss Rick Meyer. I can't miss Rick Meyer start. <laughs> no, can't, can't do it. <laughs> I mean, that's so pathetic, isn't it? Oh, my God. But, yeah, so that's that's really how it started uh, for me, um, hosting that, that nighttime talk show before, really, it was before the score and everyone, all these sports radio stations took hold. So um, it was great. I mean, it was great. If ever you want to show what you can do in this industry, host a talk show because you have a long format. You have to show personality. You have to show knowledge. You have an opportunity to talk to guests. When I do television, I have a minute 15. Mm -hmm. A minute 15. Be quick. You have to, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. so different. The best way for me to start my career was to do radio because people really got to hear me talk instead of just seeing me for a minute 15 and going, does she know anything? Does she really know what yeah. she's saying? You know, yeah. 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 They, they got to got to see your football knowledge. And I think people appreciate that because, you know, I think the thing is, you know, back then when you first were getting started, people were, oh, you know, this, this lady doesn't know what she's talking about or whatever, just because of, you know, the social, you know, stereotypes and whatnot. And you were able to showcase exactly what you knew over there. And like this, this lady really knows her football. Yeah, it was really, I learned a lot too. And one of the first, I remember interviewing uh, former Bear Glenn Kozlowski, who was a tight end and um, special teamer. And he said to me, um, he said, did you play sports? And I thought, oh boy, here we go. Someone's <laughs> gonna call me out because I didn't play football, right? And I said, I did, I did. I played you know, basketball and volleyball and you know, softball. And he said, I could tell by the way you asked that question. He said, that was the first piece of advice I ever got. And he said, keep thinking like that when you're in the locker room, when you're watching a game, he said, and you'll continue to get respect. And that was back in, oh gosh, what, 1992 maybe? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, for me, it sounds like you were ahead, ahead of your time. I mean, if you can look back on it in terms of, you know, what you brought to the table and what they were asking from you. 
in terms of what sports radio can be because now we see so many different female voices that are out there. And Corey, I wanted to ask you just real quick, you know, talk about that because, man, you've been on you've been on sets doing stuff where it's like your turn, your turn, your turn. And you got 40 to 45 seconds to get your point in. I mean, how hard is it to keep it that tight? And also, do you ever feel like sometimes, you know, you're leaving meat on the table because you only have so much time to get your point across? Yeah, I, I think early on, you know, when I first got into broadcasting on TV, you had to be very concise with everything. You had to be short to the point, get your get your point across, and then keep it moving and keep the other uh, guests on the show or other co-hosts um, involved. And then that's the difference. You know, when you're on radio, like Peggy was saying, you have more time to really get your, your viewpoint out there. So that's that's the main difference is. I enjoy I enjoy TV a little bit more just because I'm a very goofy person and I like, you know, facial expressions. I, I like to just, you, you know, should see his be- jackets, Peggy. You got to see his jackets. They're, they're, they're the best. Yeah. So, you know, I, I enjoy TV a little bit more for that that sake. But um, I, enjoy, I enjoy radio at all. You know, I mean, anything I could do to talk about sports, um, you know, is, is, is amazing in itself. And, and back to what you're talking about, you know, Peggy, how people respect you, me playing for the Bears and the guys in our locker room. I, I think I could I could speak for them. I think everybody respected you, you know, in our locker room and, and they, they knew you knew about football and they really respected what you did. So I just wanted to tell you that. I, and I always felt that way, too. When I, the hardest question I would ever get was when people would say, who did you dislike the most? And I would think. Well, gosh, I don't know, because I'm not there to, I'm not making friends, you know, if a friendship occurs as a, a, a byproduct of covering the team, then, you know, wow, that's great. But you don't go into it for that reason. And so I would think, well, no one was ever, and then I go, oh, yeah, there was just, just one guy. <laughs> and I told Owen Cruz, and he said, oh, come on, he's a teddy bear. <laughs> Ted Washington, and I said, I go, oh yeah, that's a teddy bear without a heart, okay, yeah, yeah, no, he was the only one, and I think that, like, what I would learn, and now Corey's going to hear all my secrets, but one of the things I learned was that uh, you, you really try to watch guys when they're, you know, not just in interviews, but maybe in nonverbal situations and you kind of see like when they're uncomfortable or where they're comfortable sometimes it's just like oh they'd rather be with you know some of the the other guys on the team talking than talking to the media and what I found about Ted which is why even though I joke and I say he was you know the toughest guy to talk to I think it was I think it was in insecurity to be honest with you I think he was just insecure um, being himself outside of the guys in the locker room. And um, like, that's okay. Now, when it came to someone like Jay Cutler, I used to teach all of the new reporters that would come in and I'd say, don't be one of the first questions. You don't. And they, sure enough, they'd want to jump in the press conference and raise their hand and ask a question early on. And Jay would just be like, Really, <laughs> you know, doing that. He's and, like a he's like a car on a Chicago day. You got to warm him up a little bit in, yes. in the driveway. Yeah. Yes. Jay's best answers always came in the middle, always. Mm. So I would say let someone else ask all those early questions when he's gonna like get all that frustration out. Then he's gonna get better. 
and sure enough, you know, so you really did have to not just know sports and know football, but you have to really understand people too and try to get to know little idiosyncrasies about people as well. That's so fascinating. I get an opportunity, not all the time, but he still does hits, I think, on Waddle and Sylvie. And they'll always ask him first, like, what'd you have for lunch? You know what I mean? They'll always be like, hey, where are you? They'll ask him something really, really benign just to kind of get him into the flow of his rhythm of like, okay, we're having a conversation. Corey, did you ever, I mean, dude, you're such a personable, nice dude. Did you ever have like a a move where like, don't talk to me right now? Would you like, would you no. have headphones or what was, did you have a no. move for that? Ne never. I mean, you know, I was always the type that would be willing to talk to people. That's just my personality. Yeah. But Peggy knows this. Like, there's some people in the locker room that, like, it's dependent, right? If, if we're not doing very well, they don't want to talk to the media. If we're doing right. well, people are like, hey, I'll, I'll talk, you know. But when things aren't going the best, you know, some people are like, dip out real quick and not try to talk to the media. But I was just like, listen, you know, I'm just going to take advantage of this opportunity and, and talk to every reporter I can. Uh, they're out here trying to do a job. So if they need any kind of sound bite, uh, you know, anything from me, I'm more than willing. So, yeah, that's true. Corey was always very willing. He, he was a truly one of the best that you want in the locker no, room. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, let's uh, let's stick around Hallis Hall real quick and let's talk about a little Chicago Bears action going on right now. Um, you know, Twitter's having a lot of fun with this. Uh, there's so many candidates coming in and out, and thankfully Zoom is allowing them to scour the earth right now for the next possible GM and head coach. Peggy, I do want to ask you because, you know, you've been in the business. You've seen a lot of Bears teams, a lot of Bears, you know, regimes over this last time. And I think there's two schools of thought on this, right? The first one is – you know, they are going about this kind of the sort of same way that they went about, you know, the Emery Tressman era, the 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 Pace uh, Nagy era. You know, are you the person that says, hey, this is an opportunity for the Bears to finally get it right? Or are you a little bit more on the side of here we go again? Well, there's always an opportunity to get it right just by chance. I, I mean, you know, if yeah. you throw enough darts against the wall, you're hoping something's going to stick. You know, I was really, really hoping that they were going to change the structure of the front office. I think that um, as much as I respect the McCaskey family and their um, family owned business, that it's really important that you have to change with the times. And <clears throat> I do believe that the structure is in need of a director of football operations. Um, when, when George even, you know, moved Ted aside, sort of, and said that the new GM is going to report to him. And yet the next thing out of his mouth was that he's not a football guy. You know, he, and when they say, well, what happens when he comes to you with a football you know, issue? I look forward to learning from him. Okay, that's not good. You should not mm -hmm. be learning from your employees, right? So we're a young you franchise. Should... We're a young franchise. We're just getting our feet under yes. us. Yes. So that 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 worries me a lot. And I know that George meant well when he said that. Um, but this is 2022, and uh, you can't run what is now a four billion dollar company of the Chicago Bears. You can't run it like you did in the 1970s. So my hope is with the general manager, they bring in the seasoned general manager. You can't have somebody learning on the job again. You just can't, especially, you know, listen, for all of Ted Phillips's faults, he's done it long enough that at least he, you know, he had to pick up something. He knew the structure of what a GM was supposed to be doing. So I, I just hope, I love the idea of a Rick Smith. I really do. Yes. Um, 
I I like uh, what's what's the Buffalo uh, Joe Shane. I, I, now the reason I like Joe Shane is if they bring in their offensive coordinator as well. I think that when the Bears had Lovey Smith and Jerry Angelo, who knew each other, came from the same organization, knew how like the machine was already running. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that idea. I just don't think that they can afford uh, a slow start with a new GM and um, a guy he doesn't know as the head coach, um, why they're doing head coaching interviews without a GM. I, it, that boggles my mind. Uh, I don't like that at all. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful that they bring in a really strong general manager with previous experience, with rebuilding experience that is not 20 years removed from the league, but maybe just two years removed if he's not in the league now. So I, I, I got, I got two in mind, uh, Joey and Peggy. I, I really like uh, Reggie McKenzie, right? I feel like he's had a lot of experience in green Bay. He was responsible for, for drafting a lot of that talent. Like he was supposedly the engine that was responsible for finding a lot of that talent. Um, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers and company, Devonte Adams, stuff like that. You know, I think um, he, I think he could be a good candidate. I like Rick Smith. Um, somebody that really intrigues me is, is Lewis Riddick. You know, I think, oh. I think he's a great football we, we're, mind. We're not hearing him. Why, Corey, why don't you think we're hearing a lot about him right now? Every uh, year he gets in the mill and we're not hearing well, him now. Well, I think the thing is he's been on, on TV for a while since being removed from, uh, you know, his front office experience. So I think that kind of maybe rose people the wrong way. But I think he's a brilliant football mind. And I knowing him and, and Peggy, you know this, he loves the Bears, so I think that would be a perfect fit. And uh, you know, I think he would he would really find the right talent there. And hopefully, him and him and whatever head coach they would decide, I think that would be a good pick. You know, you bring up a really good point, Corey and Joey, about the fact that not hearing anything about Lewis Riddick, that's actually a good thing when you don't hear anything because yeah. typically, I'm going to say typically with most teams, that means they're keeping some guys hidden under the wraps you know they're not letting it out that they're talking to this person because they don't want another team finding out that they're talking to this person i'm i would love to say i hope that that would be the case with the bears uh because typically that's what happens all of a sudden you go oh whoa where'd that name come from yeah 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 Yeah. what an an interesting point because uh on believe in bears here uh cory has has convinced me on jim harbaugh this is a harbaugh this is a Harbaugh house a little bit. She and, yeah, know so she likes it. I, 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 yeah, I'd love to get your take on it too as well. And just in terms of what you're saying is yeah. that we haven't heard anything about Harbaugh is also maybe one of those things that can be intriguing. I have i don't have a ton of sources in the organization, but one person I did talk to last week said the reason why you haven't heard from him is because he just doesn't want to be in the process and then be rejected. So it's either like he's in or he's out. Uh, Peggy, I'm curious to hear what you think about maybe uh, Jim Harbaugh as a possibility for the Chicago Bears. Okay, so what what worries me now, this this will tell you how old I am. Uh, I remember Jim Harbaugh. I covered him with the Bears. Like I remember yeah. being just coming out of college um, right when he was with the team, ran, ran into him in a grocery store in Lincoln Park. Um, yeah, so here's, here's my concern with Jim Harbaugh. Um, first of all, He doesn't want the letdown. He doesn't want to go through the process and then not get the job. Um, Okay, well, nobody does, you know, so. (laughs) That's life. Yeah, exactly, whatever. (laughs) Okay, nobody likes that. Um, 
college coaches do not do great in the NFL. I have seen it repeatedly um, that the way you can motivate college athletes is completely different from how you motivate someone who's picking up a paycheck. Uh, you can still treat college athletes like they are young boys. You have to treat professional athletes like they are men. And it is a whole different way of, now what happens is, you know, it's almost like the Joe Madden approach with the Cubs. All of the, the gimmicks and everything will work the first two years. Mm -hmm. And then they start tuning you out. Guys Self are getting life. new contracts. Yeah. They're becoming pre-agents. They're looking at what's best for them. And it just, that doesn't work. It, it has such a short shelf life in the NFL that if you're looking for someone to come in and win right away and do it, okay, that's what worries me with Jim Harbaugh. And I know everyone points and looks at his record in San Francisco, but I think the problem is that people did start tuning him out. And I think that that would happen um, in the NFL. I, I, I think that, yeah, is he a personality that uh, is a little difficult to wrap your arms and embrace? Sure. And so was Ditka. Um, I just don't know that that would, that that would play. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Corey, so have to convince yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So my, so my thing was look, look at, look at what happened when Colin Kaepernick and company and that offense, how they were rolling on all cylinders and Peggy, you probably remember that first game of Colin Kaepernick, my third year in the league, 2012, right? We played there at candlestick park. And they absolutely beat the brakes off us. And I told Joey, I said, that was the hardest game I've ever played in my life, right? Because we knew exactly what they were going to do. They were going to play smash mouth football, mm -hmm. you know, with Frank Gore and company. They were going to they were gonna run the football down our throats. And then they were going to do hard play action, you know, Ver Vernon Davis and company. And I thought that was just one of the hardest offenses to play against because we knew exactly what they were doing, but we could not stop it. And then pair that with the defense that they had as well. I mean, I think that was that was honestly, you know, one of the toughest offenses I've ever played played against in the league for sure. And I just thought with Justin Fields, right, being that mobile quarterback, and then mm -hmm. we have a guy like David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. You know, we have a tight end. Obviously, Cole Komet is not Vernon Davis, but I think he can be a great player in this league. Darnell Mooney and company. So that's that's why I was thinking about the Harbaugh specifically for Justin Fields and company because I feel like that would really fit there. And and what you were saying about Jim Harbaugh coming from college. I've heard that he's gotten better even with the college players. So I'm thinking now he understands if he's going to be in the league, he can't do that because that was that was kind of what killed him in San Francisco was that he was too hard on certain players. Yes. I'm a grown man. You can't speak to me like this. Kind of like that Greg Schiano effect. So I think if he if he came to this organization, I think it would be a different Jim Harbaugh that we than we saw back in San Francisco. Well, you know, then he should be showing that then. I mean, yeah. honestly, you know, mm -hmm. and, I, and I, I, I hope that that's the case. Um, but I also had heard that he was um, maybe up for the Vegas job and mm -hmm. that he, like you said, Joey, he wants, a, he wants an automatic shoe in, like it's already a done deal. He doesn't want to go through the hoops and whistles and the media stuff. He wants like, yep, got hired, that's it. And then Which is very college of him too. A yeah. little college rubbing off there of just like, hey, uh, are you coming to school next day? Hey, uh, I'm leaving. That's a, little, <laughs> a little college style. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I, I do think that there's a, I think that where a lot of people said that there's not a lot of great candidates going into this season, they were like, oh, 
I actually think there's a lot of good candidates. And I think that um, the Bears just need the right combination. Um, and this is going to, you know, you just kind of, I just sit there very nervously watching to see who they are going to introduce. And and just a quick follow up here. Let's just get on the record, Peggy. Uh, GM first, correct? Not head coach, yes. then GM. We've talked a lot about that on the pod. Some people just seem oh. to want to debate this topic, but let's just put it to rest. You got to do the GM first, correct? Well, absolutely, because yes. then, then the, the, the GM still gets another opportunity to eventually hire his own coach in two or three years. So 20, 2012, have... right? Uh, <laughs> Phil Emery. Yes, all over yeah. again. It's, yeah. it's crazy. You, you cannot, you have to bring them in together and they're yeah. on the same, the same uh, 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 contract, uh, everything, because yeah. they have to work in tandem. It's, it's right. that simple. You cannot give them someone for them to inherit. Um, it, it, that it's so backwards. That's why when yeah. they said that in the press conference that, well, if we see someone we, that we're blown away by, no, yes, <laughs> you can't do that. The, the, G, the GM has to be able to pick a head coach. That has to be yes. his guy, right? Yes. Because when, when Phil Emery was here, he cleaned house. Uh, three years later, I think uh, Sherrick McManus, Kyle Long, and Jay Cutler were the only Bears still on the roster from three years when Phil Emery first took to Grains as GM. So that's, that was, that was the biggest turnover in like league history, I believe. So you, can, you cannot do that. Corey, and he's before he left, when he knew he was up, like that week, they announced new contracts for players. Jay Cutler. I mean, yeah. it was like, I, I, I what is, how did you let that happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, how do you do that? How, how does any, like Ted Phillips, you're, you're the money guy. That, that's where you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let's wait. Let's pump let's, the brakes. Let's, let's wait. Yeah, the we're going we're gonna to shelf these contracts and let's wait and see what the new GM thinks of these contracts before we extend them. Nope, nope, nope. I'm going to yeah. pass out money before I walk out the door. <laughs> Christmas bonuses for everybody. I mean, yeah. that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, no, Corey, man, you're so right. I mean, they, they say goodbye to Erlocker, Peanut Tillman, Matt Forte. I mean, on and on down the list. Lance Corey Briggs. Lance oh. Briggs. I mean, it was just... Yeah. It was a crazy, crazy purge, if you will. Wait, if, if I could ask you real quick, Peggy, what, what did you think about the way they treated Brian Urlacher? That was my last oh. year there. Mm. I, everyone in the locker room felt a certain way because of, you know, the, the kind of respect that everyone we thought was giving to a guy like Brian Urlacher, one of the greatest linebackers to ever play the game, one of the greatest Chicago Bears in the history. And you couldn't bring him back over, I, I believe it was 500,000 or something around, around there. Yeah, so, and that, and then to announce it with a simple press release that said that Brian Erlacher would not be back as he, you know, pursues other opportunities or whatever it was, like, shocking, yeah. shocking. You know, this is, you know, I, I, that's why there's this team says one thing about the culture of being a Chicago Bear and the history of the organization. This is, you know, the founding franchise, uh, the charter franchise for the league, and they do some things that like, who, who said that was okay? Who in their right mind looked and said, oh, this is how Phil Emery is gonna handle this. Like, no, 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 no. That is when you need strong leadership at the top yep. to step in. And Ted Phillips was not strong enough and George McCaskey was not strong enough to step in and say, this is a future hall of famer you know, what these guys have given for us. And, and there's a couple of guys like that, that they really 
they really handled it so poorly. Um, and even now, you know, George going after Olin Krutz the way he did in the presser was just, um, wow, really, really, I, you know, everybody at home was saying, oh, he's not going to answer this. No, he's yeah. going to answer this. It was like, yeah. oh, boy. Yeah, just yeah, in, um, in one in one breath he says he's a fan, a Bears fan, and in the other breath he knocks Olin Krutz. And now you can't find a single person on the planet Earth that can say that you know, uh, Corey, you said it yourself. You know, Olin Krutz is a different dude, but he's not a liar. You know what yeah, I mean? And every exactly. single ba Bears fan loves Olin Krutz. And for my money, my wife's a Steelers fan, so I've gotten a chance to kind of see like their fan base is just as you know into the Steelers as the Bears is. But the organization and the way that they treat the players and what it means to be a Steeler. It's just so wholly different. You know, the Bears, you know, they talk They talk that they believe in a they Bears talk. family. But then you see what the Steelers do. I mean, beyond whatever they did with Big Ben this last year, the way they take care of Ryan Shazier, mm -hmm. the way they welcome back former players into the, like, you know, into, like, no one can walk around House Hall and just do whatever they want. Like, they want to be the Steelers, but they just simply don't, you know, they don't put up the way that they probably should. And I think that maybe is a deeper issue. And you know what, Joey, like, I get it with, you know, listen, did, did George have a run in with Olin in the ticket office? Yeah. You know, okay. So you don't have to like these guys, you know, but there are too many other stories. I had Jimbo covert on my podcast earlier this year and just very well, matter of factly, I said, um, oh, have you been back to Hallis Hall? Have you, you know, spoken to the team? I, I can only imagine this is, especially now, this is a team that the offensive line is in disarray. They're pulling guys off their fishing boats, you know, and, and bringing them, putting them in pads, you know, no. And now Jimbo Covert, I don't think has made anyone angry at Hallis Hall. And yet they don't take advantage of having a <laughs> hall of yeah. famer like that available to them. Um, Gary Fensick, who is literally just a few miles away from, you know, 1927, you know, Hallis drive. And, who has an extremely successful career, business career, he would be someone that I would have put on that committee, the search mm -hmm. committee um, for a general manager, maybe not a head coach, you know, cause he's been out of the league for 40 years, but why not for a general manager? So, you know, there's, there's, they say one thing, but they really don't, they yeah. really don't embrace the, the players in their history like they could and they should. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that on that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And I, I think you were right about having a new director of football operations that kind of works hand in hand with the GM and is kind of responsible for some of these decisions because then there wouldn't be some of these issues like we see with the Bears. They'd be more of like how the Steelers run things and some of these great organizations, you know, like the Patriots. So hopefully, hopefully we can get this this new GM and head coaching combo right. Um, let me ask you, Peggy, is there any head coach that comes into mind that you, you really like is kind of like your front runner in, in your opinion? Um, I do like Brian Dable from Buffalo. I really do. I, I think that um, coming, you know, under Belichick with the, the Patriots as long as he was, um, what is he's he's been a coordinator. Um, he was at Alabama, another successful program. Um, there's no question about play calling. There's no question he knows how to develop a young player, how to fix a young player. Josh Allen had the lowest uh, percentage for not, uh, accuracy in his draft class. Mm -hmm. And two years later, 
he looks like a whole different football player. So, you know, he could coach, he could teach, he can lead, he could call plays. I, I, I like him. Um, I think there's, you know, there's, a, there's a couple of guys I know that I don't want. Um, mm. And it's just uh, gut feelings. And I know a lot of people like them. Brian Flores is one something. There's something not being told there, you know, yeah. s- something that happened in Miami. Um, uh, let's see who else. Um, Jim Caldwell. I don't want, I don't want uh, uh, Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still think those coordinators, um, especially under, you know, a Bill Belichick, I, I, I would, I'm that's, that's my guy. Yeah. There's something about that Patriot way. There's uh Unfortunately, there's an arrogance that we just continuously see a pattern of arrogance that comes out of those coaches a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of, I, you know, what else is there? What else to say? I mean, Patricia, you go down the line, Romeo Cornell, all these guys don't really work out in the NFL. Uh, Flores, yeah. I, I do think he would definitely come in and, and kick some butts, though. I think we've, we've talked about it on the pod of yeah. the Bears seem really thirsty for power and control. Someone to just take the reins and say, get out of the way. We're going to take control of this thing. So I don't know if that's a situation where that kind of happens. Corey knows this. Uh, yeah. my, my, my pie in the sky. If the Bears are serious, it's Sean Payton. And here's why. Oh, yeah. They have, t- they have ties to Mickey Loomis with Ernie Acorsi and, and obviously Ryan Pace and Jerry Angelo. And those guys still kind of like talk and intermingle. Sean Payton's looking at the board and he's saying, what do I do? Trade three first-round picks for Russell Wilson? Am I really going to win a Super Bowl in the next five or six years in New Orleans? Have I done all that I've needed to do for that city and that organization? Yes. Do I have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl maybe in Chicago, a team I used to play for, and get paid buku bucks to do it with Justin Fields? I can. If he's looking to make a change, obviously with the Cowboys job maybe up in the air, that could just totally like uh, submarine my plans. But again, it, it kind of works on both sides, in my opinion. If the Bears are serious and if Sean Payton wants to win another Super Bowl, why not? And there were no one's talking about it, so that yeah. kind of plays to the theory maybe of we, if we don't hear anything, maybe we can build some smoke and turn it into fire. Don't you feel like Ryan Pace would have gotten him already and that would have saved Ryan Pace's job if, if, yes. that, was, if that was going to happen, if and, he and could make that, that happen? And was maybe that the 50-50? You know, Brad Biggs was reporting, you know, it's a 50-50 more so that Pace could stay, and that was kind of lending me to believe that maybe he was pitching them. I can yeah. deliver you a guy yeah. like Sean Payton, and they obviously let him go. So maybe that was already something that they said no to. Peggy, you've given so much of your time. Before you go, final question real quick. Uh, we believe in supporting the Chicago sports community, so please tell us about Sportscaster and her son. Oh. Uh, you're doing a you're doing a podcast with your son, Jason. Um, awesome. You know, just – just talk about that experience. I mean, so many great guests, obviously former Bears that you bring on to the show. Just talk about it because not a lot of people get the luxury of having, you know, their their child, their son or their daughter grow up and want to go into the same field as, as yourself. It's so cool. I know. In the neighborhood I grew up in Chicago, everyone followed their parents being cops and firemen, you know. So it's really <laughs> – yeah. It's new really trend. Cool that, the new trend. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah. it. I love it. And, and he loves the fact that when he tells people at school, he goes to UT Austin. He's a sophomore now. And uh, when he tells people that he's doing a podcast with his mom, you know, he gets these looks and they're like, really? And he's like, my mom was a sportscaster in Chicago for like 25 years. And they're Emmys. like, look at the seriously. And then he so, drops the mic on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but he didn't want to do it at first. So I approached him when I had, uh, retired and, um, I really just wanted to do, I wanted to talk sports. I wanted to keep in it. And, um, 
So I, I said, oh, Jason, I think I'm going to do a podcast. And this was almost three, three, it was three years ago. And uh, he was like, podcasts, who, who listens to podcasts? That's for old people. And I said, no, 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 no you're wrong. You'll, you'll <laughs> figure this out, my young son. Um, he was a junior in high school. And, um, you know, I found that every time, you know, when, when the kids get like this and they don't want anything to do with mom and dad, you just got to find something to talk about. And my knowledge of hip hop sucks. So <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. Right. And so we talked sports. And so when eventually I said to him, you know, Hey, this might look good on your college applications. And that, and that was like, Oh, okay. So that's how we started. And um, now every time I go, Oh, I'm tired. I think I'm going to take a couple of weeks off from the podcast. He says, no, no, I'm really enjoying it. So it's fun. Um, you know, we, we tape in two different locations now, um, you know, much like you guys are doing. And uh, I typically, I find the guests, um, I run topics by him. Um, he'll, he's, I'll be honest with you. I don't have to follow sports as closely as I did when I was working as a reporter. I am more of an informed fan. And uh, he now covers or follows sports like I used to. So I let him do the whole bread and butter. I let him do the stats. I let him, you know, I, I can add a little history into it. I can, can tell him my experience and say, this is why the Bears have never done this before, you know. And it's kind of cool because we truly, we say that we bridge the gap uh, between the generations. And really talking sports, it really does bridge the gap. So we're on YouTube now. Um, we're also on, you know, anywhere you get your audio podcast, the sportscaster and her son. And um, it's really a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. You hear that, Corey? Yeah. With your, with your yeah. little girls as they grow up? I know. I, you know, they're not really into sports yet. They're six and three. Um, they're, they're more into like, you know, uh, makeup and stuff like that now. But that's, that's how my wife and my sister was until about third grade that's when they got into sports so I'm, I'm waiting a little bit longer you know i'm just enjoying these years now when they still want to hang out with me uh, uh -huh. you know how that goes you know get to a point where they're like oh, i'm done with you <laughs> so i'm just enjoying it right now <laughs> corey let me i'm going to give you an invitation you and your wife and your daughters i sit on the board of directors for girls in the game in the city yes. of chicago and i would love for you to bring your girls to one of our um, activities one day. Um, typically, we do programming for girls in neighborhoods of need throughout Chicago, um, but all of our programs have to do with sports leadership and health. And uh, what we find is that if you address the whole girl, yeah. then their confidence blooms and then they're not afraid to try something that their friends aren't doing. Because unfortunately for girls, what happens is they'll do it because their friends are doing it they're not necessarily going to try something new unless their friends are doing it. So open invitation. You ever want to bring the girls over to one of the girls in the game activities, oh, they, we would love to have you. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, I noticed you're on the board of directors there, Peggy. That was such a cool thing. We just, uh, we ran out of time. And yeah, and Corey, like one day, you know, you'll be like, Kendrick Lamar, and they'll be like, Dad, that's so old. Or like, like, <laughs> like Fetty Wap, and they'll be like, yeah. oh, what, what are you talking about, Dad? Like, get out of Biggie. here. Dude. Biggie, yeah. they're going to be like, what? Biggie what? Who? Who? Like, Listen to oh, that on CD? Oh, Dad, get out of here. Just drop me off. I'll walk to the mall. Whatever. <laughs> I, I actually I actually say to the kids, wait, wait, you guys are listening. Snoop Dogg has what? And they go, what do you know about Snoop Dogg? I'm like, oh, hello. That is like 
he's like my age okay so like yeah. he's, he's ours you guys don't yeah. get to claim him now so <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny oh my gosh this episode of believe in bears was presented by betonline.ag 50 percent local bonus on your first deposit use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v my name is joey christopoulos at joey sports guy my co-host Corey wood our guest today was peggy kaczynski you can check out her sport sportscaster and her son on youtube they also got some merch that you can buy purchase too as well peggy thank you so much for being so generous with your time uh, me personally i've watched you on the nightly news chicago tribune live for years and years so great to finally meet you and thank you so much for coming on it was my pleasure great to see you Corey. really good to see you and joey thank you no great problem to see you too peggy Corey, my friend another great pod man take us home and uh we'll be back next time with more believe in bears yeah, man, it was a lot of fun uh, talking with Peggy and you about the the GM and head coaching and, and about her podcast. So enjoy it. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y, W-2-O's, two T's, O-N. And looking forward to doing another pod in the next week or so. So take them away, Joey. Yeah, maybe we'll have some more news, maybe some head coaching stuff to talk about. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, you got to bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.